Hello, hello. Welcome into this April 12th edition of the Pick and Pod. We're going to be focusing mainly on the playoffs today. Uh, to my right, I have Brendan O'Connell. Brendan, how are you feeling? Good. How are you, Kevin? Good, good. I'm glad to have you on. This is your debut, right? This is on the... my debut on Pick and Pod. Excellent. Feeling excited. Right on. And we got Reed Horner across from me. Reed, you, you've been on a couple times. You, you excited for another? Yeah, no, I'm looking forward, especially because now the playoffs are almost here. Yeah, we're, we're much closer. It's fe- we're, I'm the best feeling... time of the year. It is. It the really NBA is. season can get tiring. This is just great because we go from March Madness right into the NBA playoffs, basically. There's only a little gap. So this is a great time of year for hoops. Back behind the glass, we got Matt Breen running the board for us. Brenton Petty also sitting in today. Um, so, let, guys, let's just talk about the Knicks really quick because there's a little bit of news regarding them, and I really want to do playoffs for most of the podcast. There are a couple reports today. According to Chris Broussard and Ian Begley of ESPN.com, Blatt is now among the teams, uh, the names on the team's wish list for a coaching job. Blatt obviously fired by Cleveland earlier this year and in just an odd situation. That would be kind of a, a branch out from the triangle situation that he might not have as much control, Phil Jackson, that is. What, what would you guys think of a possible Blatt uh, hire? Um, well, I think he deserves another chance. I agree. You yeah. know, that situation coming into Cleveland with LeBron um, being the focus of him returning is a hard thing to handle for any coach, never mind a coach's uh after spending, what, 30 years in Europe. So I think he um, needs another chance. Now, I don't know if the Knicks are that chance, you know, especially because if he fails on his second job, it's not going to look good. And if I'm looking at his perspective, I don't know if he's going to see success anytime soon in the Big Apple. But I, I think he definitely should be a consideration because who else do they really have, right? Yeah, I mean, if you look at it from the Knicks' pers- perspective, though, you mentioned his, like, oh, maybe, you know, you don't want to take on the Knicks' job. If you look at it from the Knicks' perspective, he was fired at what a thirty and eleven record, I think. I think that's like a seventy three percent win percentage, and I think that's the highest ever for a coach to be fired at. And it was definitely a, a product of you know coaching LeBron, LeBron and, yeah, and yeah. LeBron's the star of the show, and he's he's even been like the coach during his off days. He's been like trying to run the team himself, and um, I think that he kind of lost that job because of LeBron, you know maybe a commentary on how LeBron works, but um, he definitely deserves another shot in the league. I don't know if he wants to take on the Knicks or if he wants to go somewhere else, but I definitely see the thinking and the logic if the Knicks are thinking that way and trying to bring him on board and, you know, right the ship a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you. And one of the things that was said is that uh, potentially it could signal that Phil is going to end up opting out after next year if he does bring on Blatt and he's kind of turning over the reins to Steve Mills more so. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because also the, another report came out today. Uh, this was from Mark Berman of the New York Post that Rambus will be with the team in some capacity next year. So That'd be Phil has already said, <laughs> yeah, Phil has already said that he would um, he would consider he thinks that Rambus is a you know good good guy for the job. Didn't say that he would be the coach, but now we hear that he will be there in some capacity. And I, I agree, it kind of is awkward. It's like he's, well, he's the interim only, head coach. Yeah, he's but, an, only an interim coach. It's not like you're, you know, taking a job away from him necessarily. Right. I think that's also Jackson's way of saying, I think this guy is a great basketball mind. I just don't know if he's a great basketball coach, you know? Yeah, and it's also, he, I think it kind of helps him maintain control, even if he does, because if he reaches out and grabs a guy like Blatt, he still has his guy in Rambus right there. Yeah. Kind of like what he did with Fisher. It was Even though Fisher is, you know, quote, one of his guys. If There's I'm still... New York, though, I'm questioning can Blatt handle not only being a coach of the Knicks, but 
hopefully handling a potential superstar. You know, LeBron can be handled. Spolstra showed that he can he could do that with Wade and Bosch down in Miami. So there are coaches that can push LeBron and succeed. And I'm not saying the Knicks are ever going to get LeBron, but they're hoping to get a high caliber player like him. You bring Blatt in, are you afraid he can get pushed around again? And that well, may not be fair. I don't think fair, he was respected but... from the start, and I think that was just a tough. He didn't expect to have LeBron come back, and that's something. Okay. That ha- it's I always mean... tough handling superstars, anyway. I mean, right. You look at Scott Brooks had a tough time in in Oklahoma City, and and Spolstra. You mentioned how he he won titles with I love those guy. guys, but it's not like he never had his issues either. Every time something happened, every time the the Heat lost a couple games, everyone would look at. What is Eric Spolster doing? What is he doing wrong? But he like, handled that like a pro. He did, but uh, I mean, at the same time, it's not like they're never going to have their struggles just because they have a great player. Or uh, I, no, I see your point. Yeah, you, you, I you, mean, it makes sense. But Spo is awesome. I, <laughs> I, I like it. I know you're a big fan. All right, so let's go from there. <laughs> since we, we're talking about Cleveland, let's talk about the Eastern Conference playoff picture. Right now, it's Cleveland's either going to end up playing Indiana or Detroit. And it kind of comes down to this: these last couple games here of the year. There's games tonight and game tomorrow. The Pacers play the Knicks tonight. They can lock it up. So it, they lock up the seven seed. So is there I, – I personally think that the Pacers kind of present a tougher challenge for Cleveland. I just think a guy like Paul George can can really, you know, push that, that Cleveland team. Miles Turner has played well um, as a rookie. I, I like Indiana, but I've heard a lot of people say that Detroit could be a tougher matchup for Cleveland. So I'm curious what you guys are thinking. I mean, if you look at those two teams, just uh, you know, Indiana and Detroit, you look at the rosters, the best player on both those teams is Paul George, and I think that the NBA yeah. is a superstar league, and it's driven by the best players, and I think that you know, if, if Cleveland were to match up against either of them, they would probably want the Pistons, because they don't have that guy, that go-to guy. I mean, Reggie Jackson, good player. Uh, Andre Drummond, another good player. Good player, but, but you can't play him at the end do of the they game, have, because they can just Yeah, foul. exactly. Yeah. Do they have a go-to guy that can either A, shut down LeBron on defense or just, you know, enough guys on that team to combat what, what Cleveland can can offer. And I don't think Detroit does. Who knows? Maybe Indiana does because was it uh, when LeBron was still on the heat that Indiana pushed him to, to seven, to games. seven yeah. in the conference finals, right? Yeah, it so, was I mean, one of the best ones. That was, yeah. that was back when that they was thought only, George was going to become one of the top yeah. five players in the league And then, well. unfortunately, he had the injury. The and, injury. But, I think he, but he's coming back. I yeah, mean, he is. And he showed in those series that he could go toe-to-toe with yeah. LeBron. There and that's a, a fair point. Out of those two teams, there's one player on each of those ro- on out of those two rosters that has the ability to catch fire and push Cleveland, and that is Paul George. Yeah. But neither of them are going to beat Cleveland. Well, yeah, the, I, the idea, I think I should clarify well, that. I mean, should beat Cleveland. Cleveland, right, you never I, know. I'd like to clarify that I pro- I'm saying really like take two games probably which one has the best chance at that, and well, I, I think in that case it is Indiana. Well, I think Cleveland would rather Detroit only because it'd be easier on their body because Indiana has Ellis and Lawson and these guys are going to run them. I think Indiana would put a lot of pressure on Cleveland, and even though they'd win, Cleveland would have to sweat a few more times to get past them. So but Detroit's how, definitely who you want. It also came out today though that Tristan Thompson's going to be starting at center for Cleveland in the playoffs. And how does he match up against a guy like Drummond? I, in my opinion, Drummond would absolutely have mm. his way down there. Obviously, his free throw shooting's terrible, yeah. and it makes it so he's really unplayable at certain times in the game. But I think Drummond could really kind of shift that series a little bit. I I agree for sure. I mean, I think Drummond is one of those guys in the league who, when you don't have to take him out and sit him on the bench, he can dominate in the low post especially against a guy like Tristan Thompson who's going to be undersized at the center position uh I, even though Tristan Thompson brings that effort and intensity I think that Drummond is, Drummond is one of those guys with the size with the height and and just the ability you know overall to take advantage of a guy like that in that matchup in that situation well if, I think if you're Cleveland and you're going against Detroit 
you look at Drummond and you say, we're not going to go out on this court and think we're going to stop him because he's a good enough player that you're not going to. And I think as long as you take care of everyone else and you make sure Tristan Thompson comes in with that energy, gets the rebounds, the rebounds he's paid millions of dollars to get, um, I don't think the Pistons have anyone else that could then join Drummond and make it an actual actual series. So I think Drummond scores 30, he gets 10 rebounds, that's great for them, but I, would still, I wouldn't be surprised if the Pistons still lost by like 12. And that's ultimately what the Cleveland's looking for is to get out of there with wins, not necessarily making sure everyone scores only like 10 points, you know? Sure, I don't think that matchup is going to sway the series. but I It'd think be it's, fun it's to watch, just, though. Yeah. It'd be good exposure for Drummond, you know, going up against LeBron. True. People are going to watch that no matter what round it is. Mm. Yeah, very true. And so just moving down the east, we got Toronto is locked into the two spot. But from there, it gets a little bit a little bit crazy from three through five, three through six even with Charlotte. So – Atlanta's right now at three, Miami's at four, Boston five, and Charlotte six. Miami has two games left. They, they play tonight against Detroit, we were just talking about, and then they play again tomorrow. I Personally, I think the Hawks are probably going to hold on right there in the three spot, but I don't know. I think this is beautiful because we have a Miami fan and a Boston fan in studio <laughs> today. And so I, I kind of wanted to just get a feel for you guys what you think each team's ceiling is. So, Reed, I guess I'll start with you. With Miami, because I, I, I'm high on both of these teams for different reasons, but I, I'll let you guys speak first on this topic. Well, let me just first by saying I think long-term, right now the Celtics roster um, has a lot more potential. I love Brad. As much as I love Spolstra, the guy who came from little video coordinator to head coach, um, I think the Celtics have a better head coach because I'm in love with Brad Stevens. That being said, for this year, I think the Miami Heat have the ability to go farther in these playoffs and win the uh, great opportunity to lose to Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, not to say Boston, that would be a good series, um, but I just don't see Boston coming out on top because they just don't have the firepower. Dwayne Wade is still one of the greatest players in this game today. Joe Johnson can catch fire like no one's business, and I, I can just see the Heat playing them in a series and deciding, you know what, we've been here a lot more times than the Celtics team. Because that would be, right now, if the season ended today, it would be the 4-5 matchup. It would be Miami-Boston. I, I hope that's what it is. Because that's going to be a fun game. I think that would be one of the better series of the first round, for sure. Yeah, I produced last week, and so, you know, this is my first time on record. I was telling it in people's <laughs> ears the whole time, you know, trying to get a word in. But I'm going to go on record and say I think the Celtics can beat any team in the Eastern Conference, including uh. Miami, <laughs> including Cleveland. I think they can also lose to any team in the Eastern Conference because they have the ability to – to be great in stretches and to also, you know, when they didn't have Jay Crowder for a little bit there, they, it was really, you know, tenuous times. Because it looked like they were going to be the three seed. It looked like yeah. they were going to. But gonna, you think they can beat any team in a seven-game series or a yeah. one-game situation? One game, seven games. Seven th- games. Yeah, I, I do because they have, uh. you know, if if one guy is off one night, they'll they'll have another <laughs> guy pick it up. It's not it's not like if Steph is off, Clay will pick it up like the Warriors have. But it's like if Isaiah's off, maybe Evan Turner steps up, maybe Jay Crowder steps up. They have all these role players who serve great roles on their own but who can also take a game and al- pretty much take it over almost by themselves because they can play both ways. Isaiah Thomas, obviously offensive guy, but Evan Turner, Jay Crowder, uh, Avery Bradley, they can do it both on offense and on defense. I think that they have the pieces you know, to win a series, to win multiple series, and at the same time, I think that they have the inexperience, maybe maybe the uh, the lack of a superstar threat 
to lose any series that they're in. Well, so you brought so you brought up two possibilities. One is that they can lose anybody. One is that they can yeah. win. So lay it out for me. <laughs> which one? So what happens in each well, scenario? For, the first thing you have to look at is Brad Stevens, great coach. He's going to put the guys amazing coach in yeah. in the right situation. So he helps right off the bat. The other thing, I mean, it's it's almost just as simple as if the shots go because they have some really streaky shooters like. Like, Isaiah can go on amazing hot stretches. Jay Crowder can go on great hot stretches. Then you have a guy like Marcus Smart who can just, you know, drop your field goal percentage by, <laughs> by you know, 50 in a game if he gets too many shots. So you have, you know, guys who can hit shots, guys who can't. So you got to get the guys, you know, the right opportunities. And then it matchups and, and foul trouble in certain games. I mean, if Marcus Smart can come in off the bench and match up with, uh, one of the opponent's you know best players maybe takes Dwayne Wade maybe that's Avery Bradley on Dwayne Wade they have guys on defense who can shut other people down uh, as long as they stay out of foul trouble then that can pose a, uh, a problem for the opposition and you know that's pretty much how I look at it they have the pieces in place it just comes down to the execution and whether they're gonna actually get it done to to make a run through the postseason I mean it's very optimistic. But I don't. I'm not gonna lie. I don't total, I don't disagree. Really. I mean, I think I, they can really push. With, we, they've shown they can beat Cleveland. And well, playoff basketball is a different animal. I just feel certain teams. They're have inexperienced. Certain that's one of my. That's one of my issues with. Them. I know. I mean, I guess potentially you're right. I would. I would. I would still be shocked though if they pushed a team like. Um, well, let me just say this. Okay. Hypothetically, yeah. You have one of the greatest sports seasons ever, and Cleveland. I mean, and the Celtics make it to play Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. Sure. And we're all excited. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most confident, what's your actual confidence in the Celtics in beating Cleveland? Uh, five, because my lack of confidence in Cleveland is like a six. You wow. So you really think Cleveland would have a hard time with the Celtics? I'm not convinced it's... Cleveland's even making the conference finals because oh, I think they can lose to anybody. But obviously obviously that's not likely, but I think that they can lose to, to people, including the Celtics, if they if they match up with them. Yeah, and I think one of the things we might see, depending on how it shakes out, is that they could, Cleveland could have Atlanta in the second round, and they've shown us time and time again that Cleveland just destroys Atlanta. I, I don't need to see that game anymore. <laughs> I think I said, uh, like I don't know, three, four weeks ago, that like I wanted to see that game one more time, and then I saw I saw it, and it was just Cleveland is going to take out Atlanta no matter what happens. But I think Miami and Boston pose real threats, and I think Toronto can at least push them a bit as well. I Toronto's I, I don't overlook Toronto. I think Toronto they have real to prove it to me though. They, yeah. they've gone what like six straight postseason berths with they've had know, some and they've been favored in yeah. most yeah. Of them, chance so. in the Celtics. They, they <laughs> lost a lot of confidence. They in. lost the one of the Nets on the Pierce block a few years back, and then. They, that was two years ago, and then they got swept out by Washington last year. Yeah, have so, faith, guys. Have faith. I, I, well, I think with home court advantage up until the Eastern Conference Finals, I think they can make a really strong run. I, I think the the C- Toronto series with either Indiana or Detroit, I, a lot of people are saying Toronto only has like a, I don't know, sixty percent chance. I saw that somewhere of getting out of that series. I think Toronto will be fine. Yeah, in the why first is round. that? Is that just because I don't of know. past what, teams? I I don't get it. I've seen a couple places. I think people, that people are wary are, of the same thing. That but those they, teams yeah, aren't playing they, on this court. It's a different team, can't they? Like I never got understood that when people thought, you know what, Toronto lost five years ago, so I think they're less likely to win this game. I never got well, that kind of connection. I think there it exists to some. The team hasn't changed that much, and they. I mean, they still don't have that much postseason experience because they've never made it out of the first yeah. round. Some of those that's things fair, too. If, if a team has losing history, then that's gets that's in your really head at a certain to, point to too. get rid of that. Yeah, 
I mean, no matter why they what. play the games, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're almost there. I I can't wait for the East. I think the East is probably going to be more fun to watch than the West. Uh, for some reason, I'm just I'm looking at really? the West and seeing it as uh, kind of just the first couple rounds. I first think. couple rounds. Yeah. Also, side note in the East, right. Charlotte. I like Charlotte a lot. Maybe it's too much. I do but too. I think they're really they're they have a really good roster. And it's like, much like the Celtics, but they, everyone on that roster I think is good or has potential to be good. Jeremy Lin coming off the bench has shown he can definitely score. Kemba Walker has been able to put some great moves on people, and they they are big down low. I think that's a team if they go into a playoff series and are able to catch fire and catch confidence quick that they could give. Uh, a higher seed in this thing, at least trouble, if not actually win a series. Especially with Al Jefferson back, because they played the the Knicks last week, and he was like one of the biggest problems the Knicks had in that game. I'm not saying that the Knicks are a great, you know, barometer of what, you no, know, no, what it's going to be. I know what you mean. But Al Jefferson comes off the bench, and it was just like they have Control absolutely the no answer like yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Charlotte can cause some they're, trouble. They're a hit or miss team, I think. Yeah. And I mean, I think that series, the because um, right now, if again, if the season ended today, it would be Atlanta and Charlotte. I think that would be interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. And maybe they could work to change the Michael Jordan meme yeah. and actually, <laughs> no, actually I, get him smiling sometimes. I don't think that's changed anytime soon. <laughs> I think that'll be around for. Uh, it, it's kind of it's gotten to the that's point. That's here as long just, as social media is. I, I agree. Think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll pop up. <laughs> Who no would have thought? What? Out of all the athletes, that would have happened <laughs> to Michael Jordan. But anyways, side side side. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So on that, let's move out. On sad Michael Jordan, let's move right out to the West and talk a little bit about the, the picture out there. Last night, uh, there was a big game between Dallas and Utah that kind of it looks like it's decided who's going to be going to the playoffs. Dallas beat Utah in Utah, and now Houston with the massacre they put on uh, Minnesota last night. Houston slides into the eighth spot. They're in control of their own destiny. It looks like Houston's going to get in. Um, it's kind of disappointing uh, as some people who listen to the podcast know I am a Jazz fan. I'm just going to throw that out there so you know that I'll, I'll jazz be slightly hat, jazz biased. Sweatshirt. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm decked out today representing. It was a lot of people are going to point to this Dallas game as like where it went wrong for Utah. It was not the it was not the time it went wrong. It was against the Clippers the other night when DeAndre Blake and Chris Paul didn't play, and the Jazz lost to Pablo Prigioni, Jamal Crawford, Jeff mm. Green, and they were up 92-85, and the game went to overtime 94-94. Why did they lose that game? Is it because they took them for granted? Or it was just, just a collapse at the end. It was just disgusting what happened in the last couple minutes of regulation. And Utah, there you go, losing history, tough to shake. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> oh, that's Stockton, not all true. Stockton and Malone. That's a team that I think has a little bit more history. It's been a few years though, and honestly, I got Stockton and Malone. I can't what, disagree because like one of the, the one of the stats that came out uh, after, like during last night's game, was that the Jazz only have 42 games of playoff experience, and like 21, or maybe it was 43. 21 of those games are from Shelvin Mack, who the Jazz acquired at the trade deadline this year. <laughs> so there isn't much experience in those big games. A lot of people were shying away from big shots last night. It, it was a bit of an ugly. Ugly game against They're Dallas. On the upswing, though. I mean, how yeah, much? Definitely. How big of a barometer or, or determining factor is playoff experience? Because it's one of those things you you don't have until you have it. You know, I've yeah. always, like it's mm-hmm. it's something you could you can incorporate. But at the mo- at the same, they're all professionals. And if you if a team comes in as like a eighth seed or even a fourth seed or whatever, and you say they may not have playoff experience, well, they have experience playing these teams. So I think you that's not necessarily a big deal for a Utah in their case. I think yeah. the bigger deal is the fact that, yeah, they collapse against a team. Well, there, there have been a couple times recently. There was the, the Warriors game, too, and even against San Antonio, the Jazz have been in some really tough games, and it just seems like snatching defeat out of the Jaws of victory every time. Mm-hmm. And it's really frustrating because, I, I mean, I think, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I'd rather see Utah in the playoffs than Houston. 
I don't think Houston and Golden State's going to be a fun series whatsoever first round. Because I just don't think that Houston has any kind of firepower. That, right. uh, firepower to, to overcome Harden. Golden State. Yeah, besides Harden. They're, they're okay, playing, if they're you're a casual shell. fan, I might agree with you. If, if I can if I can chime in for a minute here. Matt Breen hopping on. Uh, I think maybe the Rockets are might be the most hated team in the league, and I do not want to see them in the playoffs. I, I like Utah. They're a young team, with obviously with some potential. Hayward, Rodney Hood, Derek Favors. So if they could get in and get some playoff exposure versus the best team maybe ever, I yeah. think that'd be that'd be good for them. Yeah, I hate the Rockets. Yeah, yeah but, okay. but we're, <laughs> we're all talking as like avid NBA well, fans. If you're a casual fan, I'm just saying by watchability. I don't think I want to see Harden on that. Court. Really, because Howard on that. Maybe court. I'm delusional, and you guys can tell me if I am. But I think that Utah has a better chance of taking a game from Golden State than. Oh, Houston I'm not talking would. about winning at all. I'm well, talking about it just I people wanting to see I Harden agree on the court. I agree with Reed. The headline is definitely better, like a rematch of the Western Conference yeah. Finals from last year. You got True. Houston with Dwight Howard and James Harden. You got you know the best team maybe ever in the Golden State Warriors. And I think I'm going to disagree. I, I think that maybe Houston gives them a run. Really? Only if they get in the mentality of like, yo, this Defense. is the team that beat us last year. They kicked us out, you know, and mm-hmm. James Harden goes off. Dwight Howard actually, you know, you know, reincarnates himself and the, the rest of those role players, you know, do their job. I don't I mean, maybe Utah with, you know, that youth and that playoff inexperience, mm-hmm. you know, they just seize the moment. Nobody expects them to do anything. Maybe they they take it. But. At the same time, I think Houston is more of that proven commodity. Yeah, Wait, maybe they, you know, well, yeah, are I, able to salvage something from that series. That's a really fair point because although the whole team as a whole may not have firepower, Houston does have James Harden, who recently I believe just went off like forty-one points in forty minutes. So the, yeah. he he has the ability to catch fire. And I guess as a fan, watchability. I, I'm very star driven. I love watching stars play. So personally, I'd like to that's see fair. Dwight Howard well, and James Harden. But what, the Jazz would not be a, would I be was, a better game, I think. That's maybe. interesting because I was just going to argue too that last year when uh, New Orleans got into the playoffs and played Golden State, I yeah. was more I was excited about that series because I wanted to see the Pelicans. I wanted to see Anthony Davis. But again, you said star driven league. Anthony Davis is a star. Yeah, Utah. That's, it's like it's you got reality. Gordon Hayward. What do you but, think Utah can do in the next couple of years, realistically? Realistically, I think the so what what's like just two, next two years is that what you're gonna like or next two to four years yeah I think the five four or five seed is not completely out of reach for the next couple of years because is that what course, you want but you can you that's think, not necessarily what I don't think any fan should want because when that ends up yeah, being the peak yeah but do you, you think they can they can climb in the West they're not gonna yeah. be the Pelicans who you know reach no, the eight and then just drop like, I don't think so I think the Pelicans did a horrible job team building and they ended up with a roster that other than Anthony Davis is just pretty much terrible and I feel Drew bad for him. because this I is, do too if the if the Jazz do somehow make it and the Rockets blow it you know this will be great exposure for a young team that that could be and that's what I think was kind of important I think it was just a natural step forward because last year just a great run after the All Star break and then this year it was like okay you get in the playoffs even if you gets swept out it's still like okay you made a made the playoffs so it's just kind of those you know and and the jazz stones. is the jazz are your team and the celtics are my team and i think that's like the celtics are rebuilding they might be a couple steps ahead of the jazz and i think you know they, they I would missed agree. the playoffs yeah. you know got some draft picks made the playoffs made a around last year even though i think they got swept by cleveland or whatever and and then this year looking to get that next step maybe around maybe two 
So as a fan, you want to see your team take that. Right, that and it's step. like each year you just want to see that step. Well, so I'm totally with you. I think it's a similar kind of situation. It's just like a couple, you know, a year or two behind. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's three types of teams, like right. There's teams like the Utah Jazz, Celtics that are on the uprise. There are teams that are already established or maybe even on the decline and need to win now, like a Miami or a San Antonio, Oklahoma City. And then there are teams that are going to rebuild soon, which I think Houston falls into that category. Mm-hmm. So like, although you guys are right that four to two years from now they're going to be better teams if i'm talking about right now i don't know if i'm ever gonna see houston uh like the way they are now like i want to see dwight howard in the court i want to see james harden because quite frankly whatever team plays golden state's going to lose that series so maybe if i can get a who knows a 45 point game out of harden and maybe a win i would rather that as a fan than say utah jazz play better basketball but maybe not be as exciting. And that's, that's just a fair. selfish decision. No, that's, that's not... totally fine. I, I, I totally am on board with that. I, I think that's a totally fair point. And the other thing, just I don't want to go too much into this because I don't want to waste <laughs> too much of our 30 minutes here. Jazz hour. But, yeah, I, but the last thing I'll say is that kind of on the same line, along the same lines, it's like with Boston and Utah, there are other teams that are kind of – they're also on track to do great things, like Minnesota, for example, is a team that is clearly going to be great within the next couple oh, of years. really great. So yeah. it's like you're looking at Minnesota's moving up, Golden State's going to stay where they are because unless – barring injuries, they'll be they'll be right there. San Antonio has done a nice job of kind of keeping it together. So I, I don't know what the next few years look like for these teams that are just trying to take those next steps forward. But, but I, I guess we just have to say we'll see. And the last note on that, I'll just say one more time that the Jazz will miss the playoffs if Houston wins tomorrow. The only way they can make it is if – they win, and Houston loses to Sacramento, who will not be playing Boogie Cousins on the road. So it's very unlikely. Good for so Sacramento. L- I'm down on DeMarcus Cousins. Just as a Celtics fan, those people from Boston who are like, Boogie, come to Boston. Boogie, stay you don't like in him? Sacramento. <laughs> really? Why? Stay far away from Boston. I am not a Cousins fan at all. Who else? I think oh. he's one of those guys who's just like a poison for for a team. Interesting. I think you I'm do. not totally on the, on board with that yet, but I mean, you get him around a good roster, a good coach. I think he'll be good. Well, maybe for one game, even they can just you know Brent. jump in and beat the Rockets for for Kevin's yeah. Jazz here. <laughs> Brendan, yeah. Brendan, I'm with you on this one. I'm not a I'm not a Demarcus Thank you, fan. Man. Guys, I think if, he's very similar to Dwight Howard. Incredibly talented. But oh yeah, definitely. You, you, you see where Howard is now. I think that's where Boogie's going to be. Well, you see what Howard also, also did. Howard didn't have a horrible career now. So if I get Dwight Howard on my team, a Dwight Howard like player, um, I'm not going to be upset. And I, I mean, he's a personality you can handle. I mean, if Rodman can uh, be handled, I think someone like Cousins can be handled. And yeah, Brad I mean, Stevens is a point. Don't you can't argue this point. Brad Stevens is an amazing coach, and he's an amazing sure. coach because he's good with players. I honestly yeah. think. Out of all the teams in the NBA, the Celtics might be one of the best options for Cousins because not only does he join okay, a team for, with a coach him, yeah. that is amazing with players development, he joins a he joins a, a team that has a history of winning that won't allow a player to come and bully them. Sacramento doesn't have that. You know what I mean? Boogie Cousins is Sacramento. Boogie Cousins comes to the Celtics. He's one of many players that have played for the Celtics. I don't want I don't want Demarcus. Oh. Stay, stay. Away. He's so <laughs> he's really talented. Don't don't get me wrong. Very talented player. I, I'm just. I don't know if I'm totally on board with uh, that's fair. You know that that you know a, a young coach like Brad Stevens, even though he's great with players, I don't know if you know because Demarcus Cousins has been in the league now for a few years. He's gonna be like, "Yo, I'm a star. <laughs> I want the ball." You know, he. I just think he'll ruin Kevin because okay. the Celtics. You know, their number one thing maybe is that they're predicated on just great chemistry and working well together, especially with the roster that they have now. They're probably looking for a star, or a superstar, even. Uh, to come their way in the near future. But right now they're really predicated on that chemistry that they have. And I think that, that Cousins could, if he does come in and he is that star that they're going to 
pay and that they're going to build around, he could ruin that. That's a fair point. Just That's a yeah. quick Celtics. Note. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna Sorry. let that be the final word on on no. Boogie Cousins because I want to get back uh, to the. I thought you were gonna say on the whole. No, podcast. not on the whole podcast because I want to talk about the West before we got to get out of yeah, here because we're definitely. running out of time. I want to talk more in the West because there are a couple series in the first round that could be interesting. Right now, it looks like Portland will end up playing the Clippers, and I think that's the most likely one to be the, the be a really fun series in the West. I don't know if you guys agree, but I think Portland can really push LA. And the other series, I mean, Golden State, Houston, uh, we talked about. I think that'll be a blowout. I think we saw Dallas push San Antonio a couple years ago, but I don't think that'll happen again. And it kind of it's starting to look like Dallas might even move into the sixth spot and end up playing Oklahoma City. So I think really the best first round series we're going to see out there is L.A. and Portland. And I think Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum would that they have a solid supporting cast, and Terry Stotts has done a great job with that team. I think they can really push the Clippers. The Clippers, I mean, they're another one of those teams that I look at and say, like, you got to prove it. They're kind of yeah. like the Raptors almost because they've, you know, had all these these great players and great regular season runs, and uh, they just haven't done it. They haven't proven it in the postseason. And they have Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre, that whole cast of characters there. Doc Rivers, great coach. They have all the pieces that they need, really. I mean, it. they're just looking up kind of at the the other two teams that are so great in the west that maybe they can't get past them but right now they got to be focused again as he said on on a team like Portland who can come in with with what they have and at least challenge them and even beat them if they're not careful. Yeah. And I will note that the uh, the season series has the Clippers up 3-1 over the Blazers, but I don't think that really means that much. I think Damian Lillard can turn it on in the playoffs as well as anybody else can. Yeah, no, that's that's a fact. I love Lillard. I think yeah. he's a cold-blooded killer. And I think if he had better exposure on a, on a different team, a lot more people would know his name. Um, that being said, do we know an update on the Blake Griffin um, situation for for the Clippers? Because well, he's back. He's back. Yeah. But is he back? Because remember the previous podcast we talked about how they said like, oh, he can't go three minutes. If Blake Griffin's healthy, and if Chris Paul is there, and in postseason shape, you mean Blake? I think he was like always in postseason shape, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless, I think it would be a good series, but I would still take the Clippers in that. Don't I mean I don't want to get ahead yeah, of ourselves. I really I, think the Clippers are a great. If it, I had to make a bet, I would say the Clippers as well. But I'm just saying that'll probably be the best series. No, that would yeah. definitely, and that's that's something that's uh, time zone wise though. That that, that gonna be late, some late nights that, for us over nights. here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for but sure. But that still, that's that kind of game is gonna be the one that gives you energy to stay up late. That's for sure. For sure, it'll be like the Portland Houston series from a couple years back that was just amazing. The one that ended on Lillard's game winner. Mm-hmm. In I Houston. saw the vine. Yeah, well, in the games, but and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But those <laughs> games they kept me staying up every night. It was, I mean, I'll stay up till ten for the ten thirty game. I, I I love those. The side note: I used to live on the West Coast, and that's what I love the most about the West Coast as a sports fan. I'd wake up on Sundays, watch football at eleven o'clock. Stay up and watch NBA games and not like. I am go very jealous of people on the West Coast. I was talking about that with a friend actually, like how strange it would be to live on the West Coast and be it's able awesome. to wake up in the morning and like eat breakfast and watch an NFL game or, or even just like have dinner with a Western Conference NBA game on. It's yeah. Just, it's just Fun. something that's so foreign to us here on the East Coast. <laughs> I know. I'm with you. I, I it's funny because I've had the same conversation recently as well. It's a, I don't know. Maybe someday we'll we'll all get to enjoy it in some way, but I. I do, I do enjoy the Western Conference games. I think really makes you a more relaxed sports fan. Honestly. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that, is <laughs> you're, that not right? wake, yeah. you're not waking up the next day super tired and just upset about what That's happened. A, you're just like relaxed, very, yeah. very West Coast like. Sorry. All right, so we'll, I guess we'll end it on the general note here with the <laughs> with the West <laughs> and wanting to live on the West Coast so we can enjoy the sports. Um, I just want to thank Brendan O'Connell for a great podcast today. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you for having me. Reed, great job. Thank you. 
Thank yeah. you guys. Yeah, Reed, Reed Horner, great job as well. Matt Breen and Brenton Petty back there behind the glass. Shouts. I'm Kevin Kelly. Thank you for listening. We'll be back throughout the playoffs with podcasts, so keep checking in.